Hello everyone, it's the Wine Hour, the talk show that removes your wine anxiety and this is the last time for 2022, so a warm welcome to all of you and we're starting with Just Like Heaven by The Cure and as usual, most of the show's music has been selected by our special guest and will be available as a playlist on Spotify. The year end. A time to take a look at the past 12 months and what a year it was. A humbling year, a year I'm grateful for. Now, it may sound strange in view of what is happening in our world. The war in Ukraine, the repeated mass shootings in the US, the failings of COP27, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, the freedom fight of people in Iran, the fires, the droughts, the floods, and so many more events. And at the same time, we have started to see even further in space through the Webb telescope make us really feel small. We finally went out, meet each other, traveling, eating, and drinking together. And then there are the people, the guests that came on the Wine Hour and also on the one-on-one podcast. It's been a privilege to listen and share their stories with our audience, the causes they are fighting for to make our world a better one, the climate, the environment, equality, diversity, inclusion, the fight to preserve lands from big agribusinesses, to preserve cultures, to rekindle ourselves with humanity. It's also been a privilege to continue the Wine Hour with a wonderful team, Jamie Orajo, Tanisha Townsend, Ray Isle, and Akos Fortek, can't make it today, is uh, tasting some Chateau Latour, Chateau Bella. Anyway, we'll come back to that afterwards. And to have a supporting audience coming back each time to listen. So the journey has made a lot of ups and downs, uh, doubts and certainties, but it is one I would not change for a minute. Thank you so much. Years from now, I want you years from now, and I'll hold you years from now, as I love you tonight. Years from now, Dr. Hook. So here's the menu of today's show. First in Uncork, Jamie and Ray and Jane will be discussing how to get the best wine holiday season and their predictions for 2023. Then in License to Taste, Tanisha will make us dream with her trip between Alba and Asti in Italy. There's something special about that. And in the Wine Minute, she will tell you everything about her last year's resolutions and if anything happened this year regarding to this. And finally, in Have a Drink With Me, I have the pleasure to welcome our special guest, Jane Anson. Now, before we start, let me introduce you to today's cast. And you will notice there's a bit of a Fleetwood Mac theme uh, with the songs written by Kristen McVie, who unfortunately passed away a couple of days ago. So here it is. You can take me to paradise And then again you can be cold as I over my head, so Fleetwood Mac from their album title, Fleetwood Mac, coming from the magnificent city of Bordeaux, aka the center of the world of wine. Sorry, Napa. Uh, it's a marvelous honor, <laughs> privilege, and pleasure to welcome our special guest, Jane Anson. <laughs> oh, nice. I like the <laughs> I like the applause. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. And now. Yes, they are cool, calm, and collected. It's a wine dream theme. So this is on Isn't It Midnight from also Fleetwood Mac from Tango the Night. So it's the moment you all have been waiting for. Uh, they make wine interesting, controversial, and even funny. 
coming from our global virtual studio, the one and only Wine Dream Team. And today we'll be starting from Europe and then we'll move across the Atlantic. Don't stop from the album Rumors. So from Paris, Alicia Townsend. Hi, good evening, Tanisha. Good evening. Great to see you. It's great to be seen. Thank you. <laughs> and now across the Atlantic. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Oh, yeah, little lies from the uh, Tango in the Night album from New York City, Mr. Ray Isle. <laughs> good afternoon, Ray. Good to be back, I should say. Yeah, so great to see you. You've yeah. been traveling so much. It's, are you excited about the traveling? Or um, I actually I reached a saturation point on travel. Um, I'm very happily not going anywhere until the middle of January at this point. Um, I I missed travel during the pandemic, and then I started up traveling again and started traveling <laughs> crazy. And I was like, wait a minute, I think I want to do this actually. <laughs> so you know, never pleased, I guess. Yes, um, and last but not least. Everywhere, from uh, also the Tango the Night album. She's everywhere, actually. She's going to be here now. And then at the Latin X, uh, there's a there's a panel happening uh, today. So you're from St. Lina, uh, Jamie Orao. Hello, hello. Good to see you. How are you? Very well. Very well, very well. Yes, the Latinx Wine Summit is happening uh, here in Napa today. So um, I'm going to do this and then scoot down there to catch the tail end. Um, and Tuanwa is actually pouring at the Gran Cata, the big tasting at the end. So oh, nice. very excited. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. So everyone is ready. Uh, so grab a glass of wine, of water, of chai, of tea, of anything, whatever it is, coffee, we, we're, we're fine with everything. Um, having a wonderful show, um, have a drink. Cheers to all and uh, enjoy the show. Cheers. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the eighth wonder of the world. The flow of the century, always timeless. Ho! Thanks for coming out tonight. But you're here with me. Yeah, you chose to be here with us. Thank you so much, <laughs> Jay-Z Izo. <laughs> so today's on court is about how to get the best of the wine holiday season and your uh, prediction for 2023. Who wants to start? Okay. Ooh, well, I just got excited because I started thinking <laughs> about all the delicious things that I want to drink over the holidays. So... <laughs> Okay, now before before you 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 share that, I'm just going to launch a quick poll, and uh, we'll get the answers later on. So, what exciting things are you looking for to drink in the holiday season? Well, um, I just got um, a fabulous new spot uh, here. They're a retailer, but they kind of work out of a warehouse, so their prices are absolutely incredible. It's a good little insider tip if anybody um, wants to DM me for the insider Napa tip. Um, but um, <laughs> we 
they do amazing grower champagne, which is great. They do incredible cru um, Beaujolais, which is one of my faves. Um, and I'm very excited about a lot of the um, new Chardonnays coming out of California, in fact. Um, I mean, yes, of course, I make one, but um, there are actually a lot of really beautiful um balanced mineral driven um pretty 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 chardonnays um and i think they can be really versatile wines that um have been kind of underestimated and underrepresented because they haven't been in balance um but i think when they are there they're delicious so yeah, that's what's going to be on my table okay right um, similar feeling about Chardonnay, uh, though I was in Oregon for IPNC this past summer and the same similar situation in Oregon, there's just some beautiful wines coming out of, out of Oregon uh, Chardonnay wise. Um, Walter Scott is one that I was, uh, had sort of fallen in love with. I think they make gorgeous wines, um, very and slightly reductive in style that sort of flinty, somewhere between flinty and matchstick note. Um, but but gorgeously balanced and then i know it, i agree this has been this shift away from the the big galumphing lots of oak lots of ml lots of butter lots of everything chardonnay style which is nice um I'll, i'm going to be I inevitably drinking champagne of some kind um throughout the holiday season it it, it seems to demand it and then it fun funnily enough i i i came across several bottles of Amarone that I forgot I had. And Amarone is kind of not in a fashionable mode at the moment, but, um, but, you know, in the right weather and the right kind of food, it's, a, it's, it's a stellar wine and, and, you know, you have to put up with a little bit of high alcohol just from the nature of the winemaking process, but on a winter night with a, something like, you know, leg of lamb, it's pretty great. Oh, nice. Jane, what about uh, European based? What about Bordeaux? Um, yeah, over the holidays, I don't really mind what it is I'm drinking, but I like it to be out of a magnum because it's really festive. <laughs> everybody likes it. It's great to open a magnum. Nice one. Every, yeah, everybody feels like they're, that they're festive when you get a magnum out. Um, and I guess in terms of vintages in Bordeaux, I've tasted quite a bit of 2005s this year. They took such a long time to come around and now they're delicious. And I would say my big tip would be Pomerol 2005. Pretty much can't go wrong. Wow. Two thousands finally come around as well. Yeah, they have as well. These ones, that eventually, <laughs> if you're patient enough, they all come around in the end. <laughs> those were those were those were locked up tight for a long time. <laughs> so, so besides Ray, there's no champagne. Oh, well, I think obviously no. I said grow champagne. Not saying no to champagne. Yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. It's it's yeah. the season. So how do you how do you manage? Uh, because it's it's there's more drinking because there's more occasions to drink during the the, the holiday seasons. How do you manage the pace <laughs> to keep on going until New Year's and, and not to pass out before that? I just dilute all the wines I drink 50-50 with water, and that solves the problem right there. Particularly if it's Amarone. <laughs> <laughs> two glasses of water for one glass of wine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I find I mean, maybe because I write about wine, I'm I'm I don't find that I drink that much more during the holidays than I do, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing than I do on a regular basis. <laughs> Maybe that says more about your year than your holidays. <laughs> That's come out quite right. But um, yeah, it's I, part I, of the I, training. I find, that, I find it's more that the, the, it's what I burn out on more is the, is the, is the, the social stuff just like in the, there's it's lots of holiday lunches and holiday parties and holiday this and holiday that. And, and you get a little worn out by the, by the um 
I find myself agreeing to more things than I ought to agree to. So it doesn't affect the drinking so much as just the general um, brain capacity to, to, to provide chit chat and so on. Oh, I don't know. I, well, one of the world's original extroverts. So it's <laughs> like, this is my time of year. Oh, I love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. No, I need to I bring think, you with I, me. I That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can be your emotional support extrovert. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that all year round, you need to listen to your body. You need to, to know, um, you know, when to slow down, give yourself a little time, when to have a little water, when to do those things. And I think that um, <laughs> not necessarily because we're drinking all that much more during the year, but I think because of the nature of our jobs, we are in contact with alcohol a lot more than other people. So I think we dose things kind of naturally or, or more regularly. And so it's not like, you know, it's, it's always funny to me when I get to the airport, this is a United States thing that really blew my mind when I first came back here. Um, and it's like 7am in the airport and people are drinking like ridiculous amounts of alcohol because they're on vacation. And it's like, Okay. Like <laughs> cocktail, that, cocktails that like cocktails that, at 7 a.m. It's crazy. That happens it's in the airports as well. I think that's it's the jet lag for them. It's still the evening. That's why they're. No, drinking. it's not. They're coming from here, going somewhere. Yeah. But it's, it's like this whole thing of like, I have to be like in abstinence. And then the minute I get a break, I just go crazy. Um, I think maybe, you know, we're just a little more measured all through the year. Yeah, I do. I do find I agree that people in the business tend to know their maybe know how their body reacts to alcohol more. I mean, professionally, I guess, in a sense, than people, my relatives out of the business, for instance, who who, you know, as, as someone in the wine business, I have a pretty good sense of what a glass of wine or two glasses of wine or three glasses of wine will do to me. And that's not necessarily true for people who don't actually deal with wine all the time. Um, mm -hmm. um, well, and I think people outside the industry see it much more as a, a treat or a special thing or, a you know, and, and yes, there's a festive nature to a lot of these things for us as well, but I think there isn't the same zero to 70. Yeah. Um, because we're all kind of always at 35. So. <laughs> I mean, maybe my problem with traveling was that I was drinking cocktails at 7 a.m. on every flight. I don't know. <laughs> well, so that was see, you Ray? at the airport. <laughs> but there it is. Go. I, you were I, the one with those screwdrivers at 7 yeah. Jesus. It's so strange yeah. to walk by the bar in the airport at like, you know, and you look in and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> where, buddy? Where are you going? And can I make sure I'm not going the same place? They're yeah. all going to Mallorca. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Jane, any any special things happening in Bordeaux during the festive seasons that you know, like the must go to or the tradition? Well, or I'm I'm a little sad. This time last year, I had tickets to go to New York, and I bought tickets to see the Rockettes and do the whole classic, classic New York Christmas. And then Omicron came along and I wasn't able to go. So okay. that was really a shame. Um, this year, I'll be going to Copenhagen in, in 10 days time where they have beautiful Christmas markets. And that really Europe, Northern European, when it just feels so Christmassy. Here in Bordeaux, we have a Christmas market as well, which has just opened this weekend. Um, and, you know, there's the opera. They, they always have nice festive um, festive things. But no, personally for me, I think it's more Christmassy in Paris. I'll always go up to Paris and go mm. and see a Christmas musical or, you know, do do something really festive up there. 
Ah, Noël à Paris, with all the lights <laughs> and everything. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> okay, so I'm sure you're going to be enjoying those, those, holiday, those holiday seasons, parties, and wine. Now, to the next uh, topic about your prediction for 2023. Okay, it could be in the world of wine. It could be beyond that, your choice. Uh, who wants to start? Okay, well, I'm going to go with World of Wine, what I think will continue to grow next year. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's got to be alternative packaging. There's going to be continued growth, I hope anyway, away from really heavy glass bottles, partly because that's such a big subject right now. Also because more and more trouble of getting because of supply chains and because of um, the war in Ukraine, notably, and these things, you know, getting glass and getting enough glass bottles. So I think those two things will combine the idea of greener, more environmentally friendly packaging, and the fact that anyway, it's going to be tough for estates to get those big, heavy glass bottles. So hopefully those two things will coincide. And this time next year, we'll have really seen a move towards even luxury wines being packaged in a more sustainable way. Well, I mean, I, I certainly, all the stuff that we're doing here and, um, you know, we're trying to take it a step further um, and using recycled bottles and things like that too. Um, which is gonna be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Conscious Containers, the company we're working with, uh, mm-hmm. Karen uh, McNamara, and um, it's a it's a brand new project. We're part of the beta test. But so that's happening really- here as well. And it's, it's really so, it's so cool. There's a woman as well who has started the company here in Bordeaux, and they've literally just, they had trouble getting the machines up and running properly, but they just started about three weeks ago. And same thing, collecting, it, it's got to be the standard Bordeaux bottle size, but they mm-hmm. get them in, sterilize them, and then put, put them back out to the industry. Yep. Yeah. Well, the thing she realized here too, is that um, because everybody always uh, does, you know, 1%, 1 1.5% more than they probably need just so that they don't run out of glass on the bottling line. So there are all these um, end of runs for some of the bigger companies. Um, I think it's it's 40 million bottles in California. Mm. Wow. It's (laughs) insane. I mean, it's, it's a crazy number. I can't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head, but um. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. And so for smaller wineries, you know, if we're doing a run of 300 cases, um, you know, it very well might be, you know, one mold that they can use just from that. But um, California also voted a couple of years ago. Um, it's coming in in the next three years to um, or two years now, I guess, <laughs> uh, to have mandatory recycling for uh, wine bottles. So there will be, you know, the little you know, five cents a bottle redeem thing on the back. Um, and so we'll be collecting. The thing that I find really interesting, and this is maybe a topic for another time, but um, I'm really fascinated by the concept of not, what if we didn't care if all the same wine is in the same bottle? Mm. What if, you know, you just got a mixed case of glass while well, the wine was the same. It's all 750 mils. It's all got the same label. Um, and so you actually have different, you could have different bottles, different sizes and colors and whatever, um, but all the same wine. I know it's like. There, there, was, a, there was a headline in the um, the Monde or the Figaro, one of the big papers here in France this week saying that the kind of coolest Christmas present this year are recycled toys and I thought that's really interesting like that's something you never would ever have thought would be a headline in a major paper but just showing this kind of tipping point of people accepting 
that maybe the trade-off of as finding more environmentally sustainable ways of living are having to move away from kind of conscious consumption in the same way. Yeah, Who knows? All, I'm sure we're a long way away, but, but yeah, there's not this idea of upcycling and recycling and, and mm-hmm. finding new life for the for the for the products that you buy and that you don't use for a long time. This is something that is that has been caught up, you know, catching up in 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 Europe a lot. And I think because they've seen consumerism being going too far somehow. Do you see that in the US as well or not yet? Consumers, I'm sorry, I don't quite understand. About oh, upcycling and, you know. Uh, oh, you uh, certainly see it. I mean, and, and there's a lot of stuff in the food world as well, where there's there's a lot of efforts to to utilize, you know, ugly food, basically food that's 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 perfectly palatable but but you know not pristine looking and instead of dumping it which is what grocery stores might normally do to you know find some way to to feed people with it um there's a there's a lot of thought about um you know upcycling food waste you see it both in in food context and you also see it in in beer context where you know people are using spent um spent grains to to feed livestock and stuff like that it's a um it is it's a i think that there's a lot going on with it both in and out of the um wine world and i i definitely think there's also more which is very important for wine at least there's much more consumer interest in it than there was 10 years ago let's say which 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 pushes people in the business who are making wine to to follow through on these things that's you know you don't you know the, the arms race of giant bottles or giant glass you know is 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 going to end i think one because it's silly but two because consumers are more interested in the carbon footprint of 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 what they buy i did i mean last night i handed a bottle and it was a it was a to to, to not to be named napa producer um but it was from 20 <laughs> It was 2010 or 2009 vintage, and I handed it to a guy who's not in the business. And and it, I mean, he 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 got the bottle from me. He's like, "What the hell? This is this weighs like 10 pounds." And I said, <laughs> "I mean, it does weigh, you know, with the wine in it. It is, you know, probably a five pound bottle." And it's, I now when I do wine one on one seminars, I I try to bring um a you know, the range is anywhere from about 11 ounces or 12 ounces to two and a half pounds for, for glass. Um, and I, I'd bring empty bottles just to show people, uh, you know, they're always kind of, their minds are kind of blown when they see that they can't quite believe that it holds the same amount of wine. They pick it up and they're like, this is nuts. This is, you know, one of these ways two and a half times as much as the other. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I mean, I do think that's, a, uh, if we're looking at 2023 trends and ongoing, the, the consumer interest in in all aspects of, of, or of buying in a way that is environmentally conscious is, is a growth thing for sure. Um, people are more and more aware of how their dollars go towards the environment um, or not. And it, and, it, and it skews, if you look at the stats, it skews higher and higher the younger you go in the audience too. Um, it, it's you go down towards millennials. There's much more concern about that than there is in the in the baby boomer generation and so on. Um, yeah. Though it's growing in all. Um, I think one trend that's unrelated to that that I'm very curious about will be if in, wine has been interesting in the context of inflation, um, in that a lot of goods prices have gone up because of inflation in the U.S. at least, and wine has been wine prices have been fairly stable because people have been keeping their 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 market position by by basically you know absorbing the cost of of the of the inflation and that that can only go on for so long so i'm curious if if inflation keeps at the same pace whether we'll see a, a 
jump in, particularly in affordable wine prices. But I don't, I don't know yet. Um, if I knew the answer, then then other people would be asking me to talk about it on other shows too. <laughs> but I don't, so, <laughs> so I just babble to you guys. <laughs> so basically, it is something about you know packages to be more environmentally friendly, to use less glass because of some uh, supply chain issues, but also because you know in terms of the carbon footprint for transportation and everything else, there's a there's an impact on that. So environment, uh, some economics uh, issues about inflation. Uh, what about taste? Is there are we going to see an evolution in in the way people are going to approach wine, the kind of wines they want? Jamie, you showed me last time a, a wine about you know vegan free and you know good for vegan well, zero I, calorie I actually, you know, whatever honestly, these kind of things. Yeah, yeah, but is I, that but a I trend that? that... Um, I think it goes along with what Ray was saying about younger consumers wanting to know where their money's going, wanting to know what's in what they're drinking, and. Um, what, you know, whether it's the glass, whether it go, is what's going into the bottle. We've talked about this before and, and, you know, our industry has been consistently terrible about actually, um, you know, nutritional labeling and, and just saying what's in the bottle and what's not in the bottle. And, and actually we've done ourselves a disservice, quite honestly, um, I think, because, what we've done is opened up a space for people to state the absolute obvious as right. far as the wine is concerned, but actually make it like some sort of amazing, you know, marketing miracle. Um, and so this, this wine is basically, you know, it's, it's saying, you know, it's, oh, it's only, you know, it's zero point. It's, it's fermented dry. And it's like, Duh. Um, but you know, they're using it as a big marketing play. And and we don't talk about the fact that we're fermented dry. Of course we are. Um, we make dry wines, but it's it's very, I think those sorts of transparency and and um bits of information are gonna be more and more important, um, just as talking about our packaging, just as talking about um what we're doing um toward you know, as far as our people are concerned, as far as the environment's concerned, all of those things. I think people are, are because there isn't a natural um, knee-jerk need for wine in younger generations the way there may have been for, you know, status or, or other social reasons in generations past. Um, I think that we're going to have to prove ourselves and we're going to have to actually explain why we have a place and a wonderful, very amazingly solid place in people's lives and on people's tables. Um, but it's up to us to actually explain that because, you know, just saying, of course you want to drink wine. It's so fabulous is probably not going to get it done anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a really interesting question here from Beth saying, is there a move yeah. towards lower alcohol wines? And I don't know what you guys think, but I think it's almost too, it's almost becoming two separate categories like there is obviously a huge growth in no and low alcohol yeah. all kinds of drinks and that is massive and growing and there's much more sober curious as they say and all that kind of thing is definitely happening I don't know if you saw this week in France they just announced that something crazy like 40% less red wine is being drunk by adults in France now than it was in 2011 like just in the last 10 wow. years the drop has been 
significant. But in terms of the actual alcohol content in normal wines that we tend to generally drink, I don't think we have yet seen any re realistic drop in, in the alcohol contents of, of Nappers or, or big Bordeaux or those kind of things. I think there really are, it's kind of like two categories. I mean, I don't think you'll see, uh, I mean, as long as you've got some kind of warming trend around the globe, you're exactly. not going to see lower alcohol levels in, in, in most wines that are at least not adjusted in some way. I, I completely agree. There's a, there's a huge, I mean, I get pitched so many in a products every single day. It's just mind blowing, right? In non-alcohol beer, non-alcohol spirits, non-alcohol mixers, non-alcohol um, wine. The, the problem is that most of the non-alcohol wine is pretty bleak. Um, the spirit, the spirit side of things has done a much better job just in terms of flavor and so on. And it's, it's partly because the fermentation process is part of what makes wine so good um it's uh it, it's it's interesting i i completely I, I do think it's two separate worlds and but i i also think that there is a movement away from um and i'm not sure it's exactly tied to alcohol but there is a movement towards lighter styles of wine towards less sort of towards away from amarone which i was just talking about you know, or, or, or big, you know big substantial cabernets towards lighter more chillable reds towards yeah, you're right uh, and that idea about indigenous grapes and finding all of yeah. the, like like one of the wines that i'm totally obsessed with at the moment uh like a sicilian like etna that kind of thing those unbelievably mm -hmm. beautiful alcohols i mean sorry about wines which tend to be slightly fresher lower alcohols and and you're right. you're definitely right there is a move to that yeah, so and I will say just preaching for the little Napa parish, um, as is my job. Um, I no, I, I do think that there is a generation of consumers and winemakers who are very interested in um, coming back from that, you know, whether it's the big buttery massive Chardonnay or whether it's the big jammy Cabernet, um, you know, there are a lot of us who are actually, and funnily enough, I mean, you know, slight warming trends are actually working in our favor to an extent. I mean, I don't think it'll last forever. Um, but there is a sense in which, because we do have a really beautiful year, most of the time touching wood, um, we can, you know, bring in our Chardonnay at the end of August and it's gorgeous and it's perfectly ripe and it's beautiful. And we're at 12, 13% alcohol. Yeah. Um, you know, our reds get to phenolic maturity when they are actually at lower alcohols. Um, and it was, it's actually, it was really interesting this year because we had this big heat spike and then we had this mm. massive dump of cold rain. <laughs> and people lost their damn minds. And um, but a lot of us ended up with wines that taste gorgeous. And they're, you know, I think our Cabernet is going to come at like 12.1, mm. which is wild. Wow. But it's like, it, but it, it tastes wild. good. So yep. who cares? Well, that's, I, I mean, a lot of the old Napa Cabernets from the, the people were getting into from, you know, the 70s and so on are, are 12, 7, 12, 8. Mm -hmm. there. It's a, yeah. Um, yeah, I was saying that I was tasting 2020. I was saying to you guys before, I've been tasting 2020 Bordeaux in bottle this week. And that's actually a great vintage for that. We've had 2018 where everything was really high alcohol, like 14.5. And then 2020 was back to a much more classic, still delicious and concentrated, but they're all 12.5, 13, 13.5. So, yeah. so yeah, it's still possible. Definitely. <laughs> before we before we go to the thumbs up and thumbs down, two Two things quickly. First of all, the result of the poll about what is your preferred wine for the holiday season. So red, white, champagne, kind of, and the rest is, uh, um, uh, yeah, everything. Everything. 30%. <laughs> everything, 30%. Uh, 
before yeah before going to the uh, to to the the thumbs up and thumbs down i've heard that in saint emilion if you were not biodynamic or organic in some way shape or form or you had like some sustainable approach you couldn't get the saint emilion appellation is that true well so every wine region in france basically at a national level they have said by 2032 i think you have to have some form of and it really it's a very wide a green mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be certified biodynamic mm -hmm. organic you have to be doing some something that is minimizing your use of anything that's that's harmful to the environment so you might you know th there's a whole range of things you have to be certified with but what um santamillion did that was super smart was they got ahead of it mm -hmm. and so i think they have said you have to do it by 2026 or something it's earlier and also they did a very good job of talking about it before other appellations began kind of discussing it so yes it's definitely happening um but it isn't just Santamillion. that is a france-wide thing okay so to be uh to be looked uh after so your thumbs up and thumbs down jamie um well my thumbs down is that i missed the beginning of the latinx um, wine summit and i've been hip deep in inventory for two days which is never my fun and favorite thing to do um thumbs up the united states actually voted to um legalize um same-sex marriage which i thought was really kind of wonderful or congress kind of got it on its way um and that was very exciting uh and um my company is going to be i'm going to i take everybody off on retreat in two weeks time and then we have our we love you leave when everybody goes off for two weeks and we don't see each other again until january so um it's the yes Daniel in droite, but uh, Daniel yeah. in droite, yes ray <laughs> thumbs up and thumbs down uh let's see well um thumbs down i mean uh, you know there there are major world things like ukraine that still are are overwhelmingly bleak and disheartening and you kind of hope that there'll be some resolution and you don't see one um personally personally thankfully i don't have a lot of thumbs down at the moment um and thumbs up i mean even though i was talking about a, a, the the you know lots of socializing during the holidays being somewhat um uh exhausting i do have a, a number of things coming up with friends that i don't always see through the year that um you know there is a kind of a, a i'm not sure what it is a, a end of year you know coming together with not necessarily all the people you always see people are like, well, why don't we have lunch you haven't, you haven't had a lunch in a mm, while and so nice. that that kind of um particularly within the wine business that that kind of sense of the broader community um uh, you know getting together is really appealing um and so um i'm looking forward to that in new york new york during christmas time is one of new york's best times um so i'm you know, there are times when I, I mean, like every New Yorker, there are times when I just cannot stand the city and there are times when I love it to death. And and Christmas is usually on the love it side. It's oh, it's wow. a, it's a good time here. To um, be enjoyed. Jane, yeah. any thumbs up and thumbs down? Okay, I, I hadn't prepared anything for yeah, this. Yeah, I know. I just going to very quickly think. Um, okay, so for me, thumbs down that the new series of Succession is not here yet. I think we've got to wait another God knows how long. They haven't announced it. That's a definite <laughs> thumbs down for me. And I don't know, thumbs up, but it's December the 1st. I love this season. I, I just, Christmas Day is fine, but I love the build-up to Christmas. So these next couple of weeks are always the most exciting part of, of my year. So I'm always happy on December the 1st. 
Okay, great. Thank you very much, Jamie and Ray. Thank you. We'll see you in 2023. Uh, enjoy the holiday seasons and, and all the things that go with it to be able to disconnect a little bit. Uh, now, before we go on to License to Taste, here's a short musical break. Uh, so if you need a refill, now is the time. Oh, 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 oh,